Hey, good morning. Good morning. Hey, um, let's open our Bibles, John chapter 6. Let's get that done first of all. We're going to continue our study in John 6. We had a couple of weeks off with, with uh, Palm Sunday and then uh, Good Friday and Easter. We, we had a great time. You know, it's kind of like those are kind of some of the highlights of our spiritual life. And then we kind of get back to our regular routine, like what's what? Like here we are again. So uh, happy Easter. If you're Greek, That's right? right? Yep. Where's Sandy? I just okay. Yeah. So, uh, anyways, uh, we've been talking about in chapter six. We've been talking a lot about the bread of life, and and that Jesus said He was the bread. He was the real bread, and and that's not bread off the bread truck. This is bread from heaven. The bread that came down from heaven, the Father sent His Son, Jesus. And this is a big idea, big issue, big thing, and it creates some issues, this idea that Jesus came down from heaven. That He wasn't just, you know, a man born, but He came down from heaven. He was the Son of God. And that's a big issue, and that keeps coming up over and over and over again. So, it's going to come up again, and we're going to see. You'd think, though, that Jesus was there, and he was explaining to them how they could have eternal life. You'd think they would be very excited about it, wouldn't you? If somebody came to you and said, I, I want to tell you the way to have, I want to tell you the way to have eternal life and the way to get to heaven, and, and, and you, you're excited and you want to tell someone about it, and, and sometimes their response is what? Yeah, leave me alone. Well, Jesus got those kinds of responses, too, you know, and that's kind of what we see in this chapter. You know, we we saw we see all different kinds of responses and you'd think they'd be excited and happy. But this is what you got. This is what you got. Look at chapter six, verse 41. Jesus, you know, let's let's read verse 40 for context. He says, for my father's will is that everyone who looks to the Son and believes in Him shall have eternal life, and I will raise Him up at the last day. That's like incredibly hopeful, incredibly positive, incredibly incredible, you'd think. But verse 41, at this, at this the Jews began to grumble about Him. Because he said, I am the bread that came down from heaven. At this, that what Jesus said, they began to what? Grumble. Think about that for a minute. Grumble. Now, do any of you ever grumble? Murmur? Complain? Ever? What do we complain about? Just about everything. <laughs> Let's be honest now. If there was, somebody said if there was a, you know, a secret recording of your life this past week, how much would be on there? How much grumbling would be captured? How much complaining would be there? It's like a national pastime, I think. It's like what we do. It's what we've been trained to do. We, we complain about so many different things. Somebody this says this, we complain about the weather, the traffic, the weeds in our yard, our clothes getting too tight, 
misplaced keys, late airplanes, the price of gasoline. We complain about our jobs or lack of jobs. We complain about our nosy neighbors, our crying babies, ungrateful teenagers. Lazy spouses. I didn't write this. He said, we have become a society too quick to complain. It's, it's so true, isn't it? We just, it's just, we, we like to do it. We want to do it. We grumble, we complain, we moan. And in their particular case, in John chapter 6, they were doing the same thing. There's nothing new under the sun. But for them... We're not even going to get to it today, but for them it had eternal consequences because who they were grumbling to and about. But if you look up this word, the, the word is ganguzo, and it means to murmur. And it's one of those words, uh, in, in English at least, at least uh, and I, I can't even pronounce this word, onomatopoeic. Yeah, that's what I said. <laughs> Not. Yeah, it's one of those words because what, it, what that means is it's a word that sounds like what it means. So murmur, just like murmur, murmur. It's this quiet, you know, continuous sound like buzz, boom. You know, it, it's this sound that keeps coming out. You know, what do we have to complain about? But, you know, the question is, why do we do it? I like this. Why do we do it? Nobody seems to know why we do it. That looks like us. We're all just looking at each other. You look just like that. Why do we complain so much? Why? You know, we have, we have so many reasons. You know, we don't like what somebody said, so we complain about them. We don't like some, what someone did, so we complain about it. We murmur about them. We, we don't like what someone wants us to do. You want me to do what? Your boss says. We don't agree. It's, you know, it's not what I would do. That's not what I would do. You know. It's not what I like. Really, this, this, this complaining and murmuring is really, it's, it's really centered on who? On me. It's all really about me. It's about us. And there's a, there's a real sense of discontent where I, I just can't, no, I can't, I'm not happy with that. I'm not happy with you. I'm not happy with this, with, with what I have. I'm not happy with my circumstances. I'm not happy that it's raining today. So I'm going to murmur and whine and moan and complain about these things. You ever complain? Let's ask the question again. <laughs> you know what? Ultimately, in the final run, this is what it's about. It's a lack of trust. It's a lack of trust in God. It's a lack of trust in His, his ways and His will and His, his power and His care. We're not focused on what God is doing. We're focused on the circumstances, on the negative things, the ugly things, and things we don't like. We're focused on those, and, and we wonder why we're so unhappy. Some of you are going like, 
How long is he going to go on about this mumbling, complaining, and money? And you're just murmuring in your heart right now. Somebody said this. <clears throat> he said, we live in a world and society that is prone to complaining at work, at home, at church. No, nobody ever complains at church. But I like what he said. He said that this tendency began at the fall. And that means Genesis chapter 3, the fall of the human race. He said, before sin entered the world, Adam and Eve never complained about anything. Can you imagine that? They never, had, they never had anything to complain about. They never complained about anything before the fall. And then sin entered. And we don't trust God, he says, with our circumstances. We don't trust God is working all things together for our good. We don't trust his goodness. We don't like his sovereignty. We're just not content with what he's given, what, what we have in this world, in this life at this time. So we complain. Someone else said this, every time you complain about your circumstances, you're really saying, if I were God, I would do things differently. The complainer has forgotten the first rule of the spiritual life. He's God and we're not. He's God and we're not. I, you know, this is, a, this is a giant sub. You can do a search about complaining and and, and, you know, there's whole, you know, schools of study on the scientific, you know, basis and the scientific effects of complaining. But they do say, you know, they've studied this in a lot of different ways, that it actually affects you physically. And it, it affects your brain and it, and it, it causes your, your brain to go down these certain pathways over and over again. Because the brain likes to go the, the shortest route and the shortest. So if you do this over and over, the shortest route is just to keep complaining and, and complaining and complaining. And that's just, so it affects you physically. But doesn't it always also affect us in other ways? Emotionally? Spiritually, it does. It affects us in a lot of different ways. Not only that, it spreads to others, doesn't it? If you spend a lot of time around somebody who's complaining and murmuring and moaning all the time, it, it, it starts to affect you that way too. I'm really tired of the way you people are around here. I just wish you would, you know, grow up. It's just such a... <laughs> you know, lighten up a little bit here, okay? You know what? You know what? For us as believers, it's, it's what? It's a bad witness. If, if we're kind of, we're supposed to be believers in Jesus Christ and we're complaining all the time about everything, what is that telling people around us? Yeah, what, what good is it to be a believer if, if you know, he, he complains just as much as I do, so it must not have done him much good at all. But you know what it also does? It, it steals our joy, I find. It steals our joy. It really does steals our joy. I want you to turn with me uh, ahead to the book of Philippians for just a moment. We're going to get back to John chapter 6, trust me, and talk about 
what they were specifically grumbling about. But Philippians chapter 2, verse 14 through 16, Paul says these words, He said, do everything without complaining or murmuring or grumbling. Same word that we find back in John chapter 6. Do everything, not some things, not one thing, but everything without complaining, grumbling, moaning, arguing. Look at verse 15, so that you may become blameless and pure. Children of God without fault in a crooked and a depraved generation in which you shine like stars in the universe as you hold out the word of life in order that I may boast on the day of Christ that I did not run or labor for nothing. You see the the picture that he's painting here in these verses about, you know, not complaining, not arguing, not being that person who's got to fight about everything. Got, a, got something to say about everything. And even if you don't say it out loud, you've got this ongoing complaining attitude. He says, don't do those things, but, but, but when we go the way he's painting this picture, he says you become blameless, you become pure. Children of God without fault. You're not like the crooked and the depraved generation around us, but we're actually shining like stars. We're holding out the word of life. That's, that's what I want. That's what I want. Is that what you want? You want to shine like a star or you want to grumble like a something? What? Gonguzo. That's it, yeah. Let's turn back to John chapter 6. John chapter 6. Let's talk specifically now about what they were grumbling about. Verse 41 again, it says very clearly at this, it says this, at this what Jesus had just said, the Jews began to grumble what? About him. Because he said, I am the bread that came down from heaven, they began to grumble about him. And really, and this is, This is probably one of the most serious grumbling type issues that we can have. It's about Jesus and who he is. That's it. They're grumbling about Jesus What? because of what he had said. He just got through saying, if you look to the Son, you believe you're going to have eternal life. And they're grumbling about what he said previously. I am the bread that came down from heaven. And and really, the the, the kind of attitude that, that, that they had was this. Who does he think he is? Who does, this, who's, who does this guy Jesus really think he is? Because he said these words. They're not willing. They were not willing to believe what he said. They, they thought they knew better. And that's kind of an attitude that, that they had. And it's an attitude that we have when we complain. Because we think we know better. And who does my boss think he is? Who does my wife think she is? We don't say these words, but we got this attitude happening, and, and, and it's not good. But when we say these kinds of things about Jesus, and I don't know where you stand with him, but I hope that, 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 that that's not a, 
a sentiment that you would have grumbling about, about Jesus because he said, I am the bread that came down from heaven. Verse 42, they said, Is this not Jesus, the son of Joseph, whose father and mother we know? How can he now say, I came down from heaven? You know, they had a real problem with this idea that he came down from heaven, that he was the son of God. And, and in the end, that was one of the reasons they crucified him for blasphemy, because he, he said that he was the Son of God, that he was God the Son. But I see this, this contrast here between what Jesus said. They began to grumble, verse 41, about him because he said, and then verse 42, they said, is this not Jesus, the Son of Joseph? So there's this contrast between what Jesus said and what they said, and I think there's also a contrast between what Jesus says and what you and I say. Who are we going to listen to? What I think, what I want, what I think is best and right, or, or what he says. There's a fundamental thing about, about you know, submitting ourselves to God's word and to what Jesus says. And Jesus promised, you know, later in the book of John chapter 8, he promises that, that those who, you know, would abide in his word and would follow and listen to his word, he says, they will know the truth and what? The truth would set them free. But those who grumble and argue and, and fight against him and kick against what he would have for us, all we're going to have is, you know, being, you know, in a bad state of mind, in a bad state. But following his word is life and peace. This idea, the fact that he came from heaven. Where did they think he came from? What did, what did we just read? Joseph and Mary. He came from Joseph and Mary. He, you know, he was saying he was the son of God, but he's not the son of God. He said he's the son of Joseph. That's what we think. We know his father. We know Joseph. We know Mary. We know these people. He's just a man. We know him. How can he possibly say he came from heaven? This is a very big issue, though, isn't it? Is he just from Joseph and Mary, or did he come down from heaven? He said it over and over and over again, that he came down from heaven. Someone said these words. He said, their failure to believe in the virgin birth is what we're talking about here. It said, led to their darkness and unbelief. And those who refused to accept the Lord Jesus as the Son of God, who came into the world through the, through the womb of the virgin, find themselves compelled to deny all the great truths concerning the person and work of Christ. If you have trouble with the fact that, that Jesus was born of a virgin, that he came down from heaven, you're going to have trouble with everything else is what he's saying here. Jesus the Son of God, God the Son. What did he tell them again in verse 43? Stop grumbling among yourselves, Jesus answered. Stop grumbling among yourselves. Paul said, do nothing or do everything without grumbling. Jesus said, stop grumbling among yourselves. But I, I, I read that and I go, do you want me to stop grumbling, stop complaining? Well, well can we stop? Can we? Do you think we can? 
I know you think maybe we should. Let's read on. Verse 44, no one can come to me unless the Father who sent me draws him and I will raise him up at the last day. It's interesting, he said, stop grumbling, grumbling, and then we talk about, well, can we or can't we? And then he he says, well, no one can come to to me unless the Father who sent me draws him. So there's a sense where it's the power of God, right? For you and I, we need the power of God. First of all, we need to recognize our problems and who we are and what we do, but then we need to ask God to help us. I don't think... I don't think most of the things we, we can't do in and of ourselves. Jesus said, you can do nothing apart from me. So I think we need to ask him, help me. And, and as I've been studying this, I've been thinking about this. You know, I'm, I'm about to complain. Well, what good would it do for me to complain about this particular thing right now? Nothing. So help me. Help me to, 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 get, to fall on the right side here. Humble ourselves before him. We see the the power of God drawing, that God acts first, that's God's power. But then we also see that we have the choice to accept him or reject him. Verse 45, it is written in in the prophets, they will all be taught by God. And everyone who listens to the Father and learns from him comes to me. No one has seen the Father except the one who is from God. Only he has seen the Father. Again, there's this idea, this concept that that we can learn. We can grow if we're willing to be teachable. I know know, uh, it's difficult uh, for us because I think somewhere around the, the age 13, we pretty much know everything. Is that true? Have you talked to a 13-year-old lately? We pretty much know everything. So for us to learn anything, I mean, it's just, it's difficult for me to learn anything. You know, for someone who knows it all, you know, and I'm not just picking on you teenagers because it doesn't stop once you turn 20, really. We still got this attitude, but we need to humble ourselves and say, God, I, you know, I'm just wrong. You know, there's something about the, the word repent means to turn direction and turn to him and say, listen, I'm wrong. I, I need help. And, and these people in John chapter 6 were unwilling to do that. Jesus said that we could be taught, all could be taught by God. We're, we're able to be taught, but are we willing to be taught? Are we listening? He says, listening to the Father. Everyone who listens to the Father and learns from Him comes to me. Are we willing to listen, learn, to be taught? I don't know. Sometimes we're not. Sometimes we're just not. You know, I'm happy where I am. I don't really want to learn anymore. I don't want, I really, I don't want to really grow anymore because that might, you know, that might mean it costs me something. Well, It does cost, but you know what? The benefits far outweigh the cost. Stop grumbling. We can if we're we're teachable, if we're willing, if if we're listening. 
and we stop grumbling so much that we can't. He says, he, he gets back to this idea again, no one has seen the Father except the one who is from God. Only he has seen the Father. What is that telling us? Again, if you would stop and listen, I'm trying to explain to you, I've been there because I was there. Yeah, I've seen the Father. You need to stop and listen and learn. He's seen the Father because he was with the Father. He is with the Father from all eternity. He was the agent of creation. We go back to John chapter 1 again. He was with God. He is God. And then John chapter 1 verse 14 says what? That he came down. He took the form of a man. He came down. The Word became what? Flesh and dwelt among us. The Word was with God. The Word was God. And the Word became flesh and dwelt among us. We've seen his glory. God. Verse 47, I tell you the truth. He who believes has everlasting life. He said, I am the bread of life. Your forefathers ate the manna in the desert. Yet they died. But here is the bread that comes down from heaven, which a man may eat and not die. I am the living bread that came down from heaven. He gets back to the, the heart of the matter, right? He says, listen, let's, let's, get, let's get simple here. He says, I tell you the truth. He who believes has everlasting life. He who believes, whoever believes in me has eternal life. This is what, this is what we're all called to do, to, to trust him, to believe in him. I am the bread of life, he said. I am the bread of life. You know, think about that for a minute and, and maybe, maybe meditate on that for yourself. Jesus is saying to you and to me, each one of us, I am the bread of life. I'm the bread of life. We partake of that bread and it's the bread of life. It's, it's the beginning. It's the, it's the eternal life. But you know what? I, I think it also affects our lives here and now today, doesn't it? As we partake of the bread of life, this bread that came down from heaven, Jesus himself. I think, I think if we could just stop grumbling and stop being so negative and complaining so much, I think we would be able to partake of the bread of life and, and see the fruit that comes from that. You know, the people of Israel, when you read, read their stories, you know, you go back to the book of Exodus, right? And it's the, it's the classic story to illustrate what we're talking about here today. They were slaves in Egypt, right? They were slaves and they... They murmured and grumbled and complained. And they said, God, you you got to get us out of this. How could you let us be here? And so what did God do? God brought them out. He delivered them. He took them out of Egypt, took, Egypt, took them out of bondage. And what did they do? 
They were so excited. They were so happy. God, whatever you tell us, we'll listen to. Whatever you want, we'll do. Is that what they said? No, they complained over and over and over again. I like what somebody wrote. They said, Israel's response to this spectacular deliverance from Egypt is not mainly praise and worship and trust. Instead, Israel responds with grumbling, complaining, murmuring, quarreling. And this is what they said. No water, Moses. Where's the beef, Moses? I have blisters on my feet, Moses. Who died and made you boss, Moses? Are we there yet, Moses? Don't we do the same thing, though? God has done incredible work in our lives, and yet we complain, we moan, we moan and whine. Ultimately, it's because we don't trust Him. We don't trust Him. One final quote is this from Erwin Lutzer. He says this, you don't learn to praise in a day, especially since you may have been complaining for years. New habits take time to develop, but you can begin today and practice tomorrow and the next day until it becomes part of you. I think the first step is to recognize when we're complaining and moaning and murmuring, that it's going to... That, it, that it's going to affect us, it's going to affect others. And, and, and are we willing to listen and learn and do something about it? As I said before, these people in the book of John, uh, they, for the most part, this group of people, they did not do anything about it, and it affected them eternally. They turned away. And as you'll see in the next section, uh, or the section after the next one, they turned away and they stopped following him because they weren't willing to put aside their thoughts and complaining and moaning and murmuring and listen to what Jesus had to say. May that not happen to us. But may we be people who trust him and thank him and, and we, we focus on him and not on the negative. There, there's negative stuff in the world. I'm not saying there isn't. And there is a time... Let me just throw this in at the end. There's a time where we need to say something, but only if we can make something positive, we can make something happen, make some kind of correction with it. To just complain for complaining's sake, it's not going to do us any good. It's not going to do anybody any good. See, he likes what I have to say. Let's pray together, shall we? Our gracious Heavenly Father, we take a moment to stop, to ask ourselves, to, to ask you, Lord, is that me? Maybe not. And I, I, hope, I hope and pray that there's no one here. Or that, that maybe, maybe you are not one of those complainers and moaners. I know I, I, know I am, and I, I, I've been convicted by this. And, so, Lord, we come and we humble ourselves before you, those of us that do see that, that that's not who we want to be. 
We don't want to miss the bread from heaven, the bread of life. We don't want to miss what you have for us. We want to be those stars, those stars that shine, that hold forth the word of life because we partake of the bread of life. Lord, help us. Get to the heart. Get to our hearts, Lord. There may be some bitterness there, maybe some hurt there that's just holding us back. And, and uh, we, we come and we bring that to you right now. We bring that to the foot of the cross. Say, God, take this. I can't deal with it. It's too much for me. Maybe it's some relationship and you, you need to bring that to the foot of the cross. Say, God, help us. Help me. My complaining doesn't do anybody any good. I'm just going to lay it here and trust you because you are working all things together for my good because I do love you, God. Whatever it is, maybe you need to just take a moment and just, just lay it out before him. Maybe something right now is bothering you and you just want to lay it out. Get it out. It's not, it's not healthy. It's not good. It's not going to help you. Give it to him. Cast all our cares on him because he cares for us. The Bible teaches us. Maybe there's some here, too, as we close, that you don't, you don't even have any relationship at all with Jesus, and maybe you have been complaining about who he is, and you want to just stop and say, I, I want to stop and, and, and give you my heart and life and give you a chance in my life to show me who you are. Partake of this bread of life, the bread from heaven, because I can't do it on my own any longer. I give up. I surrender. I ask you into my life today. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen.